Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with the caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 55 of Date Yourself Radio. My name is Veronica Grant and I'm your host of the podcast and I'm a dating mindset coach for smart, ambitious women who want to find and keep their perfect for them relationship. So I was looking at my podcast server, the thing that hosts all my episodes, and I noticed a huge spike in downloads a couple of weeks ago, way bigger than anything else. And so which leads me to believe that someone mentioned Date Yourself Radio or a podcast was recently released that I was interviewed on or a blog post. And I can't think of anything that was super recent. So I just want to know where you all came from. So if you recently found my show through um, another podcast or through someone's newsletter or someone mentioned it on Facebook Live or whatever it is, then I want to know so I can reach out to that person and thank them. And if you are new to Date Yourself Radio, you're coming in with that spike, then a very big welcome to you. I am so thrilled you're here and I know that you're going to love this podcast if you are set on finding a loving and deep relationship without all of the drama and all without the shoulda, woulda, coulda, and all without losing who you are or your soul. This podcast is not about how to quote unquote get the guy. It is about how to lean more into who you already are and use that as your best tool and resource to find your perfect for you relationship. 
And if you are new, again, make sure you dig back into the archives. Or if you are not new and you haven't listened to all the episodes, then make sure you dig back into the archives, listen to something that resonates. And to find an old episode, type veronicagrant.com forward slash episode, and then whatever the number is into your search bar, and you can find some old episodes that are no longer showing up on your iTunes or Stitcher player. So today, again, this week, you have just me Yay. And I am going to be talking about rejection and breakups, mostly about rejection. Now, this episode is not about why it's actually biological, how we're biologically wired to really hate and detest rejection. So if if you want to nerd out a little bit with that on me, because you know me, I love to nerd out on things. Then I've included a link in the show notes to an old episode I did. It's an Ask V episode, which I did a little bit over the spring. So there's no like episode number short link. Um, so I'll have the link below. So just click the or tap the picture in your podcast player and then the show notes will come up or look at, um, view show description. The notes, show notes will come up and then there's a link there where you can see the old podcast episode and that, and that's where I'll talk about uh, why rejection hurts and why it's totally normal if you feel like literally your heart is getting ripped out and you are just got hit by a truck. Like it's totally normal for rejection to feel like that. And I explain actually why in that episode. So go back and listen to that if that's interesting to you. And today I really want to focus more on why getting rejected is actually a good thing. And I think it actually can be very empowering. So again, I want to share this, uh, I want to share a story to teach this lesson to you. And I'm, I'm over this, the course of 2017, I'm going to share with you actually more stories around what I experienced dating rather than saying, Oh, dating sucked for me, but actually share stories with you so that I think a lot of times you will be able to see yourself in some of the situations that I was in, how I navigated uh, through them, some of the lessons that I learned, and so lessons that you can learn, and hopefully even maybe catch yourself in a similar situation and not go down as deep as I was um, uh, when I was dating. So this relationship happened when I was living, or when I was in grad school. So I was actually living abroad. I was living in uh, the Middle East. I was living in Israel and the West Bank. Um, I did one year in Jerusalem, one year in Ramallah, and. I think just being abroad kind of set me up to be probably a little bit more clingy than I normally would have in relationships because for any of you who've ever lived abroad before, you immediately find a group of American expats and then those people become your family. You cling to them. And then if you can find a romantic partner in that time, it almost becomes um, a partner. It's, you know, I call it a... Um, almost like a journeymate relationship, like that person becomes your person while you're abroad and they're not really a part of your quote unquote real life. And I think that's probably what was going on um, in this story. And I had another relationship um, when I was living abroad too. And I think it's probably the same situation. Um, so I'm just going to share one story with you. And so I was dating this, this guy and similar to the story that I shared last week, I was really into this guy when I first met him. He uh, had a lot of common interests and values that I did, and he was also Jewish and he was American. And it was to the point where I was like, I was crazy over this guy, head over heels. And it pretty much caused me anxiety from day one because I was so into him. 
And to be honest, I thought being with him was a little bit of a long shot. We actually worked together. So I thought maybe he would just end up being my, I don't know, my work crush. And in my lust-filled head, I, I really actually did think that he was the one. Like I thought that he was the one for me. And again, I think this was just more of my insecurity of just not feeling very um, solid or stable living abroad. And I think that was the part of me that was really doing the talking. Um, but I thought that like he was going to be the person that I married. Well, after probably about a month or two of working together, we hung out one night on our own. And that is when we started dating each other. And at first he was really into me too. Now, whether or not he thought I was the one, I know that he was interested in me a lot. I know that he wrote home to some of his friends, like some of his childhood friends, like, hey, I met this amazing woman. I really like her, blah, blah, blah. So I knew that he was also really into me. Um, But And so I just took that as thinking, oh man, this is it. This is the one for me. And I think I got between those two factors of living abroad and just knowing that he was into me, I was into him. I just got super, super clingy and it started off, you know, really hot and heavy. And I think a lot of you all can probably relate to a relationship that just started off really, really strong. And so that was probably went on for about the first month or, or two. And after about month two, that initial lust, that initial like, oh my gosh, this person is amazing, it kind of began to wear off, at least on his side. I don't, I think he still had feelings for me, but I could definitely feel him slipping away. And so my tendency was to try to get closer and closer. And I obsessed with how I could just, um, randomly walk into him or casually mention or finagle situations where we're going to be hanging out on a Friday or a Saturday night. And this was going on for, you know, about a month or so and, or I mean, really longer, but it started, you know, to just be a little bit of me trying to catch him from slipping away for about a month. And it really bothered me to, to no end that I was head over heels for this guy. And I felt him slipping away. And I deep down knew that he wasn't or that he didn't have quite the same feelings or maybe the excitement, the initial excitement that he felt just simply didn't last. And so I kept holding on to that hope of, oh, well, he really liked me at the beginning and I really liked him. So we just got to get back to that and then we'll be golden rather than realizing that relationships evolve, sometimes they start hot and heavy for a reason and then real life kicks in and things just begin to disintegrate. So I was really just in denial. And then this denial just kind of turned into our relationship. And we actually ended up dating for another four months, even though this whole time I felt like he was slipping away. So for months, my, what I say, emotions de jour were 100% based on whether uh, whether or not I felt like he was getting closer to me or further from me. So if he wanted to hang out, if he initiated something, if he texted me, if he said something nice, if he alluded to hanging out in the future, if he did any of that kind of stuff, then I was over the moon. I was on cloud nine. I was so happy and excited. And I would be in the best mood for that day. And it might even carry me on for another day or so, but it would be very short lived. And then after that, 
short-lived happiness and excitement would happen, I would immediately go straight back down to the very bottom and just feel him slipping away, slipping away. And I would basically stay there until he did something else that would make me think, oh, he does want to be with me or he does really like me. So it was just this intense roller coaster, really high highs and really low lows for months. And my friends kept urging me to talk to him and share how I felt and that I just needed some reassurance from him or just to kind of get an idea of where he was at or what he was thinking or feeling. And I know that's what I should have done. And my friends probably were desperate for me to do that because I obsessed over this guy and I talked about him to no end. And I think my friends were also frustrated with never knowing how I was going to feel in a day and if I was going to be a high high or a low low and really had no ability to control my emotions at all. But every time I thought about doing it or every time I had a conversation with someone, with one of my friends about doing it, I always chickened out and I always backed away from having that conversation with him because I just got this really deep gut-riching feeling that the conversation was not going to go the way that I wanted it to go. I was pretty sure that if I said anything to him about how I was feeling and I just wanted to know where he was, I'm pretty sure he was going to say, well, I'm just not into you like that, or I just don't want to, um, maybe I don't like you as much as you like me, maybe we should call it quits, or something like that. I was pretty sure that was going to happen. And I really didn't want it to happen because I thought if I just got a little bit more time with him and we got closer, then we could get back to that initial feelings that we both had when we first started dating. And that was pretty much my goal. And that was my plan. So ultimately, I just picked the status quo of the high highs and the low lows. And again, this went on for months, four months, at least I'm doing the math in my head right now, but at least four months. And I finally got to the point where I just, I couldn't take it. I felt like I couldn't function. I was in grad school. I had papers to write. Um, you know, end of term papers were coming up. I had to write my thesis. I had to do all sorts of things and I was having a hard time concentrating and I was just so sad and upset about this guy. And it's even kind of embarrassing to say now that it was really taking up so much of my energy that in some ways I just couldn't feel like I could function. I was constantly obsessing with him and constantly thinking about what is he doing? What is he thinking? Is he thinking about me? Does he miss me? Should I text him? Oh, is that too much? Should I wait for him to text me? Why has he texted me back? And it was just constant and constant. And so I literally couldn't take it anymore. So finally, I was sitting in his living room. He was in his room working on something for work. And I walked in and I just said, hey, we need to talk. And I basically shared with him how I was feeling. I tried to play down the obsessive piece that I was feeling, but I just wanted to know, hey, I am just feel like you're slipping away and just not really sure what's going on. So I just wanted to get some clarity around that. I thought I was being chill, but you know, energy speaks louder than words. And so I think he probably knows or knew that I would have been freaking out for uh, a long time before that. So I'm sure you can guess, you know exactly where this conversation went. And the truth is, is that my gut was completely right. So thank you, gut, for telling me the correct answer. But I got dumped. And in perhaps the worst way, because the thing that he said to me, and it still sticks out in my mind, is he said, I just wasn't feeling it. Those were his exact words. I'm just not feeling it anymore. It was fun, but not anymore. 
And I was just thinking, how can you feel like this? <laughs> how can you not feel anymore? Like we had so much fun. It was amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And again, I was just totally attached to the, those first few weeks or that first month or so that we were together because it was really amazing. I remember sitting over a hilltop in Jerusalem, drinking a bottle of wine, just watching the city and the lights. And, you know, Jerusalem has so much history and, um, so much conflict and tension just to be with someone that you really, we're interested in just relaxing in a beautiful scene. I mean, that can be really intense and can definitely bring up a lot of connection and emotions. And I was just, that's what I was, I was thinking about. And, and it hurt a lot to get dumped like that. It was so much crying. I went straight up. My friend was living in Haifa. I went straight up to Haifa that weekend and just felt like crap the whole weekend. Although of course it was good to see her. Um, and drank lots of wine, hung out with my some of my school friends, and I was living abroad at the time, so I didn't binge on Netflix or anything, but there were a number of illegal sites that I used to watch, How I Met Your Mother and other like-minded TV shows. So I'm sure I did some of that, but it was just a lot of healing and and soul-searching. So in total, we dated for about six months, and I would say about a month and a half in was when I began to feel that nagging doomsday feeling. And when I really decided that I was going to just stick with it and get us back to that initial feeling that we had when we first started dating, that was probably about two, two and a half months in. So for a good three and a half to four months and a few weeks longer, I had this nagging feeling that he was slipping away. And I had this desperate energy in me to bring us back to the beginning of the relationship to make it work. And I'm telling you this story because I believe that I would have been way better off getting rejected much sooner than I did. So I wasted many months and lots and lots and lots of emotional energy and my happiness chasing a relationship that was never going to go anywhere. And I have very few regrets in my life, so I don't regret it because I do see it as a really important learning experience um, in myself and in dating and in relationships. But I do think it's a shame that I was living abroad and it was my last six months or so that I was going to be living abroad. And I spent it obsessed over this guy who wouldn't have given me the time of day. And I could have been doing so much more with my with my time that they are being abroad and doing more traveling and hanging out with other people and meeting other people than obsessing with with uh, with this guy. And so had I, you know, just expressed how what I was feeling in the relationship, how I felt like he was slipping away and I kind of wanted to know where he was at, had I expressed that sooner, I'm sure my gut was correct right when I first started to feel it that he was in fact slipping away. So I'm sure it still would have gone the same way and that I would have gotten dumped or broken up with. But it would have happened so much sooner and I would have saved so much time and energy. I would have been way less invested in the relationship. And I bet I would have had a smoother recovery because at that point, it would have been like six months to eight weeks into a relationship, which is nothing compared to six months. That's pretty substantial. So my point in telling you this is that honoring your boundaries, asking for what you want or what you need in a relationship or having a fucking opinion in a relationship can definitely have its repercussions. And you can definitely get dumped. You can definitely be called a bitch. You can definitely be called needy or too picky. But I actually consider all of these wins. 
So when I tell my clients to ask for what she wants in a relationship, if something doesn't feel right, if someone feels like they're slipping away, or if someone's not respecting or honoring a boundary or something that she wants or what she needs, and if she stands up for herself or honors her boundaries, I actually don't even care what happens. If the outcome is the desirable result, if the guy is like, oh, I'm so sorry I've been acting like this. Yes, let's work on it. Let's, you know, this is going to be the solution. That's the that's the cherry on top. That's just like a another additional positive thing that happened with you honoring your boundaries and asking for what you need. And if you get rejected, if my client gets rejected from asking what she wants or asking what she needs in a relationship, that is always better than chasing a relationship that was never going to be able to fulfill you or to be the right one for you anyways. So the work isn't to be rejection proof and the work isn't to try to get back to that initial feeling. When you first meet someone and there's a lot of chemistry, that is all, you know, biological chemistry that, you know, I don't, I don't know all the science behind it, but there are definitely a lot of hormones that are pumping through both of us that are both, both of us as in you and your partner that make you feel certain things. But again, it's not based on real life. It's not based on what is in front of you here now. It's just simply being human. And this, this drive to go back to that initial state, I completely understand it as you can hear from my story. But that's what, for me, when I was trying to save this relationship, that was my goal. And if you're in a relationship like this right now, where you feel like that's your goal, or if you've been in one, it is so much better to get rejected. So the work is not to be rejection proof. And I believe it's unethical for dating coaches or life coaches or relationship coaches to tell you how to quote unquote get the guy or have him begging for more. Or, you know, I see subject lines say this and he'll be dying to marry you or he'll want to be your husband. I think all of that is bullshit. And I think it's unethical to say that because you're basically saying, or the, the, the underlying belief in that headline is, let me show you how to be rejection proof. Let me show you how you can be so a guy will never reject reject you. And if, okay, sure, I'm sure you can probably do something or say something so a guy won't reject you. But if it's not the right person or if you're not being true to yourself and you're not honoring your own needs and wants and desires and boundaries, then who fucking cares if if you can get the guy to to marry you or or whatever? And it might sound nice to have someone tell you that, oh, they can make you rejection proof or they can make you get the guy or make you have him begging for more or whatever. No one, but no one can, can guarantee that. And a lot of that stuff is based on just memorizing scripts and scripts don't do anything except to take you out of authenticity and being your natural self. So what I can guarantee and what I do help my clients with when it comes to dealing with difficult conversations like this is just to simply become rejection resilient. If you want a loving, deep partnership and you know that you definitely want that and you don't want one of those shallow bullshit relationships that are toxic and where everyone is stepping on each other's toes and you feel like you're walking on eggshells, then don't ask for your boundaries. Don't ask for what you need, but you don't expect to also be happy in your relationship. So the work isn't to be rejection proof, but rather rejection resilient. And what I mean by rejection resilient is, you know, rejection is part of the game. Rejection is part of what happens when you are dating. Even if you are doing all the self-love and all the dating yourself and all the mantras and meditations, sometimes two people just don't match and 
It's sometimes you doing the rejecting and sometimes it's them doing the rejecting. But the question is not if you're getting rejected, but do you let it erode on your confidence and your self-worth? Are you sad for a bit? It stings, like I said in the, in the um, other episode I wrote or did about um, why rejection hurts, which I'll again share in the show notes. It's totally normal to feel sad. So it's not bad that you feel sad about a um, getting rejected or a breakup. But are you just sad for a little bit? You do some processing, you come out, um, you consider the lessons and what you learn from the breakup and the relationships and then come back? Or are you completely debilitated? You're barely functioning. You're not even taking proper care of yourself. So do you stay in crappy relationships because you're afraid if you speak up for what you want, you'll get rejected? So again, to be rejection resilient isn't to retreat and it's not to build walls. It's simply to lean into who you are, your worthiness and your confidence. And no one can change that and no one can take that away from you. No matter who's rejecting you, what you want in a relationship, what you're asking for or what you need. And the best way to, you know, to build that rejection resilience is to build that confidence and worthiness and to lean into who you are. And again, it's not self, it's not rocket science. Like I said earlier, it's not something that you can read from a book. It's not even something that you can necessarily get from just doing the meditations and mantras. And I think all of those things are great, but they're simply tools, but you really have to do the deeper work first to see, well, what's blocking you from being confident or believing that you're worthy or um, from feeling comfortable or confident enough to lean into who you are. So to do that emotional and that deeper work, this is really what the Date Yourself Challenge is all about. So yes, of course, I'm tying this back to the Date Yourself Challenge because if you're listening to this on the day that this episode aired, which is February 2nd, then the Date Yourself Challenge starts tomorrow. And if you're not signed up and you don't want to ask for what you want in a relationship, or you are in a crappy relationship because you're afraid to speak up for what you want, or you're chasing a relationship that you know in your gut isn't going to go anywhere, then it's time for you to pull out your phone right now and go to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge and sign yourself up. Because in this challenge, you are going to build your confidence. You're going to get clear on who you are, what you want in a relationship, what you want your life and your relationship to look like. You can't think about one thing without the other. It's going to help you lean into who you are and you're going to have my support and you're going to have also a huge community of women, of over a thousand women joining you on this journey to better dating and relationships. So again, to sign up, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. And if you're listening to this episode a few days late, it is no big deal to join in late. You can even do, even if it's the 10th day, I don't care. You can still join us and we'll post all of the uh, previous dates that you might've missed over in the Facebook group. So you can make sure you get all those and then do them on your own time. And what I'm super excited about in, uh, in this round of the Date Yourself Challenge, so alum, listen up, because you still might want to join again. And well, A, you can never date yourself too much, but B, I've also included a free video training series in, in this challenge. So you're going to get three videos throughout the challenge that are going to help you to uh, again, get really clear on what you want in your relationship and to date in a way where it feels natural and authentic to you and you don't feel like you're losing yourself or um, feeling like you have to kind of sell your soul in order to have a great date or a great relationship. So the three videos are the silver bullet in dating, and I put that in quotation marks, 
The second video is the number one mistake most women make when dating. And I was definitely making this mistake and there's a really good chance you are too. And then I'm going to teach you how to create your ideal relationship right now, no matter your relationship status. So to get your hands on these free videos and to join this free challenge, then I want you to go over to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge, sign yourself up, make sure you get the welcome email right after you sign up. So you might need to go look in your spam folder, or you might need to look in your promotions tab if you use Gmail. Either way, no matter which box it went to, if it wasn't your inbox, drag it to your inbox. Go ahead and add hello at Veronica e- or hello at veronicagrant.com to your list of contacts so you get all the challenge emails. And in that welcome email, I want there's two links I want you to click. The first one is the Date Yourself Challenge Facebook group. And this is where you can get a lot of the support and meet all of the other women doing this challenge. And it's also where you can get the link to my Instagram, which is Veronica E. Grant. So both the Facebook group and the Instagram is where the party is happening for the challenge. And here is where you can post your pictures of your dates. The more times you post, the more chances you have to win different fun things. And we have the hashtag date yourself challenge to build community over on Instagram there as well. And of course on Facebook too. Okay. So I am getting off of my preaching post here. So if rejection is something that is something you that you avoid and you don't ask for what you need or you settle in crappy relationships because you're so scared of rejection or losing this person or you think that you won't find another person like this or this person seems perfect on paper, then you really need to get into my date yourself challenge and pull yourself together, girl. You've got this and you deserve so much more. All right. So I will see you all in my challenge. We start tomorrow and I cannot wait. See you there. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.